And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. These freaks are dedicated, hard-working people. I'm Batman. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. This looks like a job for Superman. Let's hear it for Captain America! It's the Dying Man! It's the Rocketeer! Gentlemen, you're up. <laughs> and now, Michael Bailey, Scott Gardner, and Chris Honeywell. With Paul Spataro as the Beaver. Hello and welcome to Comics Monthly Monday number 49? 49er. We're just creeping up on 50. I'm Chris Honeywell and I'm here with the usual crew of idiots. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, what the, what the hell? The, um, Yay? monkey, the, um, Huh? Peanut gallery. Yeah, <laughs> peanut gallery would Chris, be it's drinking what I was looking for. Ah, yeah, you calling me an idiot. Yeah. I know. You guys gripe when I have the energy drink. You gripe when I don't have the energy drink. I don't know what to do. I'm getting mixed signals here. I just gripe when you show up. <laughs> right. And that that gripey voice you hear is Scott Gardner. And Hello. We, L-O. And yeah. we also have <laughs> Senior Michael Bailey. Hola. And Paul Spataro. Hey, I'm trying to bring some extra idiot with me today. <laughs> Get in now touch with extra idiot. <laughs> Get in touch with your inner idiot. <laughs> my inner idiot and my outer idiot are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Special conduit that I'm able to share information through my inner idiot and outer idiot. Now I just want to see a box that's hide photoshopped into a box of Paul Spataro. Now with extra idiots. <laughs> <laughs> like Lucky Charms. It's a new uh <laughs> like, that, like could be a that could be a Photoshop for this episode. You could kind of take a box of Tide and make it into Comics Monthly Monday. Yes. And then have now with extra idiot and have my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea. Orange stars, yellow clovers. <laughs> Idiot! Three <laughs> diamonds. Brains. Vigora. <laughs> <laughs> They're magically repulsive. <laughs> Tyrone's after me lucky charms. Somebody <laughs> looking at you naked again, Scott? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're all tired tonight. <laughs> I'm whipped, man. Oh, I'm I'm exhausted, but I'm happy to be here. I see. I missed uh, last Comics Monthly Monday, so I'm I'm happy yes, to be did. here this time. Huh? 
Yes, you did. I did, and it sucked. I hate missing shows, especially the shows that I really, really love and, and want to be a part of. Well, it was like the used car lot. You know, we were just like, hey, Scott Gardner's away. <laughs> now we're going to do whatever we want. Everything must go, go, go. Did we do like five hours? Sure, it was like two and a half, six hours, something like that. See, I really needed to be there, too, to crack the whip, because, jeez, you guys, man, man. <laughs> I thought I thought we were I thought we were laser focused. Yeah, okay. We'll um, go with that. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we know how Scott's known for his concise commentary and his, you know, his brevity. Precise. Yeah, I was about to say Scott Scott cracking the whip on somebody talking too much is like spam calling Scrapple a meat byproduct. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> He's like one of those in fakirs who has a circular breathing who never really has to take a breath. It just like if if he could he could probably om um for three hours straight. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so, so I guess what we're trying to say is welcome back, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I feel missed. <laughs> so what do we got yep. this time yes. around, guys, for uh for our opener segments? What's what Can I go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't really have much, but Except for a big, big thank you to um, Bill Robinson, who, um, I mean, you guys have been hearing the drama the last couple months of uh, that uh, my computer bit the big one, the my main Two True Freaks computer. And uh, so in order to finance a new computer, well, the, the Walking Dead comics had to go on, on eBay. How'd which, you do on that, by the way? I don't want to sling numbers around on uh, <laughs> on the show. I think that would be in poor taste. And uh, so it was a lot. It was good. I did good. Uh, I sold it in two lots. One was like number thirteen, I think, to forty nine, with the only one missing in there being number nineteen, which I'd sold a little while ago and replaced with. And I think I also threw in one through twelve of uh, the weeklies. Weeklies. Hmm. Just so had the whole story. So you did good one, though. And the other one was was fifty to a hundred, and fifty to the hundred whooped the other one soundly. Wow! Went for a lot more, but they both went for a good good price. Needless to say, I got a new two true freaks computer on the way. But one thing about selling those comics was I wasn't going to be without. Walking Dead comics. So my plan was sell all the comics and then take some of the money and buy all the trades, you know, and just replace them in trades. They're obviously worth more than the trades, you know, so. But then I realized there's 17 trades out. <laughs> so that's a, that's a chunk of change. And uh, uh, turns out Bill Robinson was turning his trades into big collections. So he was getting rid of his trades and sent me the trades. So they actually basically became a contribution towards a new Demanza Corp computer. That's awesome. Big thank you to him. Yeah, that was that was great. Kept me in my I actually got he actually sent me the trades before the comics even left my house. So for a short time I was doubled up on on Walking Dead's. 
I was in a comic shop the other day. I, I stopped in to uh, buy the uh, the Megacon tickets for my boys because uh, this year they're both going with me. And this year, Logan won't pass for 10 and under, so I had to buy him a ticket. And then this will be <laughs> Scotty's first year going. Uh, and he's, I know he's really excited. I know, you've, I know you had Logan like smoking, chain-smoking cigarettes and stuff the last year to stun his growth so you could get him in cheap, but it didn't work, huh? It worked, except now he he sounds like Kathleen Turner when he talks. So. <laughs> yeah, my guy's are, we talk, 60, are we talking but, hot Kathleen Turner or fat? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking Marge Simpson's sister, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> my guy's but, uh, almost 16. I'll still bring him in and say, yeah, no, he's nine. What? <laughs> he yeah, loves exactly. that, What are you going to sure. do, card him? <laughs> but uh, I, I stopped in this comic shop and uh, they had a whole bunch of Walking Deads up on the wall. And just looking at the prices that were on those books made me want to cry. But ultimately, what, what? I mean, I, I'm I'm happy with the price I got out of mine. It's just I wish I had had researched a little better and, and really known what the they were. Yeah, that that's I'm true. Too, yeah. No, but but number ones are going for like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars on eBay. Or more, or more. If you yeah, if you so. spend the forty dollars or whatever it costs to put them in their plastic tomb, then they they're going to upwards of thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars. Right. But I mean, if I didn't have any of those eight or something. Huh? Yeah, I didn't have insane. any of the early ones. You got to be I, insane to spend that kind of money on, saw, <laughs> on a comic. I saw five thousand dollars for a, an entire run. That's nuts. With who's got with, that kind of cash? Uh, apparently a lot. Other people. The people, <laughs> right. mine, the people who bought mine, I did a little investigating. The people who bought mine were all selling Walking Dead comics, and they were all selling them in the plastic tombs. So, yeah, so they're they're buying your lot, and they paid a pretty, you know, they, even though they paid a pretty good bit of money for it, they're going to split that up into... Think how much it would cost to take fifty comics and spend forty bucks a piece yeah. to put them into their tomb. Yeah, you know, so they're going to have to spend some money to to do it, and hopefully they have time to do it because I have that little spidey sense that now that like this is not something that's going to be ongoing forever with the with Walking Dead comics. It's the frenzies going on right now, so they have to get them entombed and out for sale real quick. Mm-hmm. Before everybody ends up with their own, you know. So, if there's anybody who's thinking about wa- selling their Walking Dead's, now's the time to do it. And if there's anybody who's thinking of selling stuff on eBay, don't hesitate to come to the Facebook page and, uh, you know, ask me for ask me for some advice. I think like I know something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next if you want. I just uh, I only had just two quick things, so I'll be able to uh, give up my time to uh, to the others. But basically, I, real quick, I, I'm to the speaker. A couple of things I had was uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I saw something the other day. It was uh, I think it was the latest issue of Previews magazine. the uh, The feature, the cover feature article on there is apparently uh, X which was a Dark Horse character from the 90s. Apparently, he's making a return. I was actually really excited about that because I dug that book when it was coming out back in the 90s. Now, I haven't revisited it in quite a while, so I don't know how it holds up today. But as that series was coming out, I loved it. I thought it was one of the best books out there. And uh, I'm curious to go back and check it out again now and see how it holds up. I do remember 
that I thought that the series ended on kind of a weak note, but beyond that, you know, while it was actually coming out, I thought it was a really solid series. And, uh, I know that my buddy, uh, Bill Robinson is uh, curious about that too. So we had talked about, uh, at some point, uh, looking back on that character, doing a, 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 like a spotlight or a show on it or something like that. We'll probably do it a little bit closer to when the new book actually comes out. Maybe uh, contra- you know, compare and contrast both the old series and, uh, and the new one when it comes out. But uh, I was excited about that. I always like when uh, a good, you know, underappreciated or obscure character that I, I really enjoy you know, makes a return or gets the spotlight. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, also, there was an item in the news that I thought was really exciting and uh, hopefully it bodes well for... Uh, for us here in the States, that Hong Kong Disneyland is about to get Marvel superheroes. They're going to start being incorporated uh, into the parks over there. Now, I, I guess part of the reason is that, uh, from what I was reading on the on the article about I, I don't know a whole lot about Hong Kong Disneyland, I'll be honest, but I know the park's been around for a while, and, uh, and I guess kind of struggling, kind of similar to how Euro Disneyland did when it first opened up. And so I guess as part of the, uh, the the push to get the park to perform better and make it more relevant to, you know, the audience that uh, that it has over in that country, they're going to start injecting the uh, the Marvel characters into that. So I, I'm excited. I'm curious what sort of things are going to come out of it, but uh, I'm going to be trying to keep an eye on that in the future just to see what they come up with. As far as, uh, you know, if it's just characters or if they're going to actually create, you know, lands and attractions and that sort of thing, keep an eye on it to kind of get an idea of what we might eventually see here in the state. Wow, you know, I'd like these... to see a forced perspective. I'd oh. like to see a forced perspective Baxter building it. Yeah. Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much stuff that they could do. So I am really curious about that. But every once in a while, you know, some of the. Uh, you know some of the better concepts or ideas that they they have kind of you know originate in uh, in the foreign parks and then eventually they kind of migrate over here. So I just want the Reed Richards character to walk around the other characters and walk up to like the guests and go, you know, he's okay right now, but we got to watch him because any minute now he might turn on us, <laughs> just like he did <laughs> in all of the early issues of Fantastic Four. So. <laughs> But, but I'm a jerk. That's pretty much all I got. What do you guys got? Well, I got two things. One really quick. Uh, I was listening to Hey Kids Comics and their uh, focus on the uh, 75th anniversary of Superman. Woohoo! And in- inspired by that, I decided I needed to reacquire Superman from the 30s to the 70s. And I went online and I found it for ten bucks, and I just got it in the mail today, and I couldn't be more happy. I haven't had that. I don't remember when I, you know, when I got rid of it, and I don't even remember why I got rid of it or whatever. But I had gotten that back in like 1974, and I read it cover to cover. I don't know how many times. So I was just really psyched when I got that today. That book is going cheap. It really is. I have I have seen so many lots that it's just included in there, and they're going for like it's a whole bunch of books that just happens to be included in there, and they're going for like fifteen twenty dollars. So I overpaid for it at ten bucks. No, I mean that's that's a good price for it. I mean, especially the enjoyment you're going to get out of it. I, I got a copy of it at a 
secondhand junk shop for like five bucks a few years ago, but it was a beat up dust coverless hardback. But I don't care because I just remember it from when I was a little kid. It was, I remember my parents would, we would go to visit these friends of the family and they had it on their bookshelf. And when I was a little kid and the grownups were doing their, their grown up talk, I would, I would pull down, they had, uh, Secret Origins of Superheroes, the big super that that book, and they had the, the Fi- Superman. Julius Pfeiffer one. Yes, the yeah the, the the just classic. That's another one that I need to get. That that one was great. That was that was my introduction to all the superheroes. You know, it was right there. It was the first appearance of everybody. You know, back in back in 1974, I had a. Uh... I was in, in a car accident and I was actually in the hospital for a week. And uh, while I was in the hospital, I was given a copy of Superman from the 30s to the 70s. And I was given a copy of the Origins of Marvel Comics, which had just come out. And I basically, you know, I was in the hospital. So I read them, like I said, cover to cover. I don't know how many times. So it's really, really weird now, you know, uh, almost 40 years later to be looking back nostalgically at my time in the hospital and getting a hold of books from it. But it's still something, you know, like it's part of my childhood. So I'm really uh, happy to have it again. Those were the first Superman books I ever read. It was in the Fairview Elementary School Library, and I took that book out constantly. Uh, the, 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 the one that's kind of hard to find, though, is Superman from the 30s to the 80s. I, you know, I, I didn't want that one because it's just not the one I had. I wanted to reacquire the one I had. So I, I didn't even look for Superman from the 30s to the 80s. And it's, it, uh, it, it's interesting. It's a it's smaller, and it has some different. They have a few different books in it as well. So, mm. and my other point was, as you guys know, I've been reading uh, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story, and I'm just kind of I've kind of been throwing. It's great, but I keep kind of read it. I've been reading it very piecemeal, so I'm probably about 60% through it right now, but at about the halfway mark, uh, which is chronologically about when Secret Wars was coming out, there was something in there that I had never heard about, and I just, uh, I don't know if you guys were familiar with this, but I found it fascinating, and I'm just going to read you a paragraph from the book. Uh, Bill Sarnoff at Warner Publishing, DC's parent company, had called Shooter to say that DC's superheroes were making a killing in licensing. The comics were losing money. Sarnoff asked if Marvel would be interested in licensing and publishing seven of DC's titles. Marvel began negotiating for the rights to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, New Teen Titans, Legion of Superheroes, and Justice League of America. Shooter projected that Marvel's acquisition would result in an additional 39 million copies sold over the first two years at a pre-tax profit of $3.5 million. It wasn't just a lucrative opportunity that was falling into Marvel's lap. The removal of its chief competitor would be the elimination of an irritation, as Shooter put it in one memo. And it goes on to say, basically, they got involved in a uh, an, an anti-trust suit against them, and they decided it wasn't the time to acquire these characters. But I was totally unfamiliar that there was ever a time that Marvel was even negotiating to publish the DC comics. And I was wondering if you guys knew about this and, you know, what you thought about it. I never I think, heard of that. I think Jim Shooter wrote about it on his blog a year or so back. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say, too. I, I remember reading about that. And, and I fall back on, on what I always fall back on is that 
we need the competition between these two companies. And one big monolithic comic book company would not be good for anybody. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, uh, you know, as the, the more they compete against each other, the better the product seems to be, or at least the more they seem to care about actually putting out a good product as opposed to just putting out no. volume of product. You know what would be really funny if somebody was just like, could you just imagine like Frank Miller on Batman and John Byrne on Superman? That would be amazing. <laughs> that may have been what they were thinking at the time because that's before they had the falling out. Well, it, re- it reminds me of last episode when, Mike, you were talking about the the move, the potential documentary of the Superman movie that never was. Yeah. And this this sounds like it would also be something that you could take that story and expand it into like a full book, you know, about how Marvel almost acquired DC at one point. Oh, the negotiations worked and fell through. It's almost a throwaway line in the uh, untold story because, I mean, it's, you know, basically half a page out of, you know, 1,100 pages in the book. Uh, so, you know, it's it's not that they focused on it at all, but I found it to be a, a fascinating thing when I read it. Yeah, yeah. that It seems like more than half a page should be devoted to that. And that's all I well, got. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a footnote. I, it is because I mean, it never happened. But yeah, it's it's an interesting story, but it's not like how secret wars happened, which you know you would want a couple of paragraphs about, you know, or something like that. It's just you know, it's just like hey, at one point we almost bought it, didn't work out. Yeah, and but there's a it, lot of ta- if that was happening, you know, like if you did enough interviews, that there were people thinking about what would we do if it happened and and starting to come up with the beginnings of ideas and plans of how they would integrate the two if, and stuff. And that would be fascinating to hear if, what they were thinking of. If I'm remembering correctly again, and I'd have to go and I'd have to root around the blog to find it, but I think shooter pub- posted some memos uh, that he had, that were bandying about, about it. So, uh, I don't know. I'd have to do a little bit of digging on that. that I'd be probably... curious if the, if the thought was to integrate the two universes together or if it was going to be just Marvel publishing DC's books for them, kind of. I think it was more like that, really. Uh, in all that, honesty. That was my uh, understanding, yeah. And and it, it becomes, you know, when, when you look at it from, like, if you're writing the, uh, the story of this, I guess it's more almost the what-if angle of it than the reality. You know, had it happened, what would they have done? Yeah, just like that Superman movie. <laughs> it yeah, actually, exactly. It kind of spurs the imagination. Yeah, I actually don't have all that much either. Um, I wanna, I wanna give a big shout out and a thank you to a guy that his head is swelled enough as it is, but I'm just gonna go ahead and pump some more air into that to Scott H. Gardner because I got a package in the mail that not only had the novelization to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which he made sound like really, really awesome, not only did it have the Topps Rocketeer Souvenir Magazine, which I've never had, and I was just like, ooh. You have all riches to thank for that one, my friend. He (laughs) he sent me two of them, so. (laughs) But he sent me something that he must have looked at and go, there is one human being on planet Earth that would want this. And that is a promo poster 
for the Heroes Reborn Captain America series. That's actually really cool. It is. Because it's meant to look like a comic page. It's like the full splash page of Steve Rogers standing there, his shirts in tatters, he's holding the shield, but you have like the, the blue border of the comic pages and all that kind of stuff, and the image is in black and white and blue line at points. It's a really neat poster. Uh, I like it quite a bit. That was actually, you know, I like the other things that he sent, but that was the one I was like, ooh, that's really cool. I am the only person who would like this. So uh, thank you, Scott. I do I do appreciate all that. That was really cool of you. You are welcome. Yeah, we did that, uh, what was it, Back to the Bins, right? A while back where yeah. you, you covered that book. And uh, as, as we were going through that book, there was a, a point in the book where that that pose was in the book. And I was like, man, I think I have a poster for this. <laughs> and so I had to dig around and I, I went through a lot of boxes and stuff. But I finally found all my old promo posters that, weren't hanging up in the in the comic room and i came across that and i was like i like this but i know that mike would love this so (laughs) you are welcome uh the other thing is is i i bought a replacement comic recently um as i was reading through the copy of superman number 233 which is the first part of the kryptonite nevermore storyline i was i was very dismayed i opened it up and the middle of the comic fell out (laughs) <laughs> now I had bought kind of it wasn't what I would call a you know trademark Scott Gardner whip to shit copy right uh but it was kind of in bad shape so I asked my 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 dealer um if he had one because he he usually is pretty good about giving deals and such and he said no but he'd look out for it and with basically for my birthday I bought myself a really nice copy of it now the only problem with it is it's got that kind of, at the spine, it's kind of rolled over a little bit, where you see the white uh, on the front cover. However, the staples are tight, the color is vibrant, it's a little, it's yellowed, but this book is in beautiful condition. And I got it for a really good price, too. So I was very happy to get that. The funny thing about this book is that there is a thing on the cover that says number one best-selling comics magazine. And that was a little bit of a cheat on their part because it looks like it says Superman number one. Like you're getting a whole new, it's like the amazing new adventures of Superman number one. So I came home from the comic shop and I go, I, you know, my wife puts up with my addiction. She is the greatest enabler a guy can have. And I and I hold up the comic. I go, look what I got. She goes, Superman number one. So apparently that worked. <laughs> I I was very surprised. No, but this is uh, it, it's it's in really great condition, and uh, I was glad to get the replacement copy. And it didn't really cost me because this, for some reason, this book is starting to go up in value. Probably because it's over forty years old at this point, but. Still, I, I, I didn't want to pay like 50, 60 bucks for it, and thankfully I didn't have to. And that's, and outside of uh, catching up on a few books like Aquaman and Fury of Firestorm, uh, which, by the way, um, Firestorm in the New 52 was kind of bad the first 12 issues, uh, but 
one of my favorite creators, Dan Jurgens, took over the book, and it became a fun superhero book again. And now it's being canceled. So, <laughs> so R.I.P. Firestorm. It, it was really getting good, though. And it was Dan Jurgens writing and drawing, so that really made me happy. And Aquaman... Aquaman, you know, I, I'm not going to go, I'm really surprised that Aquaman could be a good book because there have been plenty of points where I've read Aquaman and it was good. Mm-hmm. But this this new series is actually really exceptionally good. Uh, they yeah, recently, has been. They did a series that crossed over with Justice League called Throne of Atlantis. And it's the first time I really liked Justice League in this new era as well. And uh, it, when the trade paperback comes out, I suggest be, I, I really recommend picking it up because it's this great, epic Justice League story that just happens to be Aquaman centric. So uh, those would be my recommendations and everything. And that's all I got. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Whip through that stuff this month. I think right. we can fly right into the. Uh... The Freaky Five. The Freaky Five. Now, the Freaky Five this time, submitted by Fanboyamus Prime, is the top five crossover fights you would love to see. And uh, I think this one was uh, wide open to tons of personal interpretation on that. Uh, I know that I went very broad <laughs> at my uh, selection. So who wants to... Uh, to run first. And remember, fellas, this is rapid fire, so... I'll go first. Um, uh, These are really in no particular order, so it's not like from five to one or anything like that. But but the the first one that sprung to mind, uh, it's one that I've joked about before, but Hawkman versus Indiana Jones. I Mm -hmm. think uh, Golden Age Hawkman versus Indiana Jones just has to happen. Uh, on a similar note, it was something that I read that apparently was a proposed project that never got off the ground, but really should have was golden age Superman versus the rocketeer. Yes. Uh, I like this idea. When I read, when I first heard that, um, Dave Stevens had been, uh, trying to get a pro that project off the ground. I was just like, that would have been so awesome that it couldn't have been contained basically. So, uh, but not that they, and, and you know, not that they would be like fighting, you know, like through the whole thing, it would be that Marvel, they fight at the beginning and then go off and kick some Nazi ass. Uh, cause well, that really, you know, just has to happen. Um, another one, which also has a golden age Superman involved with it is golden age Superman versus golden age, Captain America. Uh, because they were both kind of icons. So it would be interesting to have those two meet and kind of have to square off and all of that. Um, one that I... W- <laughs> this one's kind of silly, uh, but it, 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 it's, it's inspired by, um, by a, a past event. Uh, I think it was uh, a, a, an in-joke on Tales. I really want to see Incredible Hulk versus Mother Teresa. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? I will Hulk kill you in up. your sleep. <laughs> oh, oh, you bastard. Oh. Uh, um, not, not I quit. <laughs> 
not strictly a comic book thing, but since there have been comic books of the Wizard of Oz series, I really thought a Zatanna versus the Wicked Witch of the West comic would be kind of interesting. Just throwing Zatanna in the whole Oz setting would be kind of cool just in general, I think, because it would turn that whole dynamic around. I think just throwing Zatanna anywhere is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, um, this one's a, a hero versus villain but I, I I think it still works. I want to see uh, Batman versus Doctor Doom. Ooh, I Be- like this idea because Doctor Doom's an extremely egotistical and intelligent villain, but Batman is too kind of. <laughs> so really, you know, because you know Iron Man versus Doctor Doom, everyone loves that, right? And he is the arch enemy of the Fantastic Four. And you know, the, and especially the rivalry between him and and Reed Richards. But I really got to thinking about the idea of Bruce Wayne, you know, billionaire industrialist, has holdings around the world versus a head of state, basically. That's a supervillain, and I thought that would be a really cool idea to to kind of explore. Well, Batman's like the the thing is he's used to his arch nemesis is Reed Richards, who's very intellectual. Mm-hmm. And then he would run into Batman, who's also intellectual, but also visceral. Yeah. So he would have a hero who would do some research on him and then come and like, physically kick his ass. So it would be really interesting to see that happen. So, But those were my five. Uh, you know, Rapid fire, in succession, but uh, I'd like to see all of them happen. Very good list. Who wants to go next? I'll go. My first one is not even two companies, same company, but uh, they had said it was never going to happen. But then they did Spider-Man, which had uh, the 616 Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man teaming up, which they actually did very well. Well, I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they did it, uh, I don't know, six months ago. Hmm. I think the trade just came out. Uh, It's with the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, but it it was well done. And so I was like the black Spider-Man. Yes, I guess he's he's Hispanic. Yeah, he's he's Latin. uh, Miles Moranis is his name. Morales. Morales. He sounds like a like a saxophonist or something. That he's 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 a young kid. I think he's twelve. Ah, okay. And and it's it's been it's been well written. It's been a good uh, good run that they've had since he took over as the character. And since it's the Ultimate Universe and not the regular universe, there's no reason that they have to bring Peter Parker back. So, you know, they could keep running with him as Spider-Man in that universe. So it's kind of cool to have, you know, a true variation on it. But I'd like to see that the Ultimates against the Avengers. Because I think that could be also a very cool story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think the Marvel Universe Avengers, as opposed to the Ultimates, would kick butt. Because the Ultimates, they try to make very realistic. (laughs) So I'm thinking, you know, Thor from the uh, 616 universe would just come and, you know, smack him up the side of the head with my Mjolnir and, and it would be, it would be end of story, but it could <laughs> be fun anyway. Uh, my second one is the Punisher against Walter White. Now, if you don't know who Walter White is, Oh, wow. Ooh. He, he's the Ooh. Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Wow. Uh, the, the high school teacher turned drug dealer. And I don't know if any of you guys watch Breaking Bad. But uh, yeah. 
every time he gets into a situation where you think there's no way he's getting out of this, they come up with some real well-written solution for him to get out of it, and it's just a great, great show. He's one so of the that's... greatest badasses ever created in I am the man history. who is knocking on your door. <laughs> exactly. What's so cool about this, he, he changed over the course of the five seasons that show has been on, he changed from the most mild-mannered, meek high school teacher to a real badass. The friend who recommended that show to me, I watched the first episode, and I'm like, how is this guy going to... He's like, don't worry, he leathers up real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he sure does. Yeah, you know, that, that's that almost one on... of the best Freaky Fives yet. I, I like that one. That's uh, almost on par of like tr- the Punisher versus Travis Bickle. I mean, just... Mm, that would be equally good. <laughs> <laughs> the next one on my list was... I was At first I thought of the Squadron Supreme against the Justice League. And then I thought, well, the Justice League has faced analogs of themselves already in the crime syndicate. And right. then I thought, it'd be cool to have the Squadron Supreme against the crime syndicate. Ooh, <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. So that's number three. Number four on my list is the Walking Dead universe. And then I'm going to pluck a character and put him in there. And I'm plucking George Taylor, Charlton Heston's astronaut from the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, dude. Wow. I can't like want... to hell. <laughs> I love that idea. So, um, yes. You'll only pry my gun from my cold, undead hand. <laughs> I like God. that idea. And my fifth and final is Stan Lee versus the Funky Flash Man. <laughs> you... <laughs> you guys know who the Funky Flash Man is? I'm... Yes, I do. Yep. He's, he's DC's person, analog for Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. As created by Jack Kirby in the fourth yes. world. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my five. Wow. I put that's my money on the say. funky Flashman. All right, Chris, you or me? Uh, you go because it'll just it'll help soften the blow of mine. All right. So. To blunt it. Man, I I had a million of them I could have come up with for this, but this is what I narrowed myself down to. So, The very first one, two television shows, two classic television shows that actually had a connection behind the scenes, and I'm amazed with all the talk of crossing these two over that it never actually really happened. It should have. The Six Million Dollar Man versus The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yes. Have happened. It would have been freaking awesome. Wow. Number that would have been cool. Yeah. I, I think that would have been really, really something. Number four, a bit of a stretch. I don't know how you'd pull it off, but damn, do I want to see it. Jonah Hex versus Boba Fett. I really <laughs> want to see that happen. Um, Number three would take some finagling. It would have to be. Burn at his prime, John Byrne. But I want to see my one of my greatest comic book wishes finally fulfilled. I want to see Burns Superman versus Burns FF. I oh, think that yeah. would kick all kinds of ass, especially if he did it, you know, in the classic Marvel 
versus style where it starts out a misunderstanding. They beat the hell out of each other for a while. And then eventually it's a team up book at the end. I think that would be really, really epic. I'd love to see that happen because, oh, you know, Reed Richards would be making like kryptonite fists for the thing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That would be there awesome. Was, um, there was a crossover between Superman and the FF back in the late 90s. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, Dan Jurgens drew it. Are you talking the big oversized book? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't real impressed with that. I gotta be. I thought the art was nice. I just thought the story was a little, it was a little lame. Part of the problem, though, was that that was one of those stories where I really felt like they should have just said, to hell with explaining how these two universes cross over. They just do. Like, you know, the the classic Marvel DC crossovers. I, I don't remember any of the three of those, or actually four. I'm thinking of the two Superman, Spider-Man team-ups, the uh, Batman versus the Hulk team-up, and the Teen, yeah. Teen Titans versus the X-Men. I don't think they ever no. gave you any explanation. No, just... It was just they lived in a shared universe, and this was the first time they were meeting each other. I wish that they had done that with Superman and the FF and they didn't, they spent a lot of time with the whole, you know, we live in two different universes and I felt like it kind of weakened the story because in the FF, if I remember it properly in the FF universe, Superman was like a, like an animated TV show character or something like that. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, I thought that was kind of weak, but, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, the art was really nice. I remember really digging on the art. And doesn't Superman become a, a herald of Galactus for a short time yep. or something? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, pretty pretty cool in parts of it. Um, number two, <laughs> this kind of kind of dovetails with uh, one of Mike's selections. Again, I know it's blasphemous and I'm going straight to hell for it, but I still want to see it happen by Neil Adams, Batman versus our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I really want <laughs> to see that happen ding, in ding. oversized format. So you're going to hell and you're dragging Mike Bailey with you, is what yep, you're saying. Absolutely. And finally, once again, you know, just just you you just gotta bear with me on this one. I know it's a hell of a stretch. I don't know how in the world they'd ever pull it off, but it just it, I, I can't believe it hasn't happened by now. You know, not long ago there was that uh that IDW uh, series that everybody says is really epic. I read the first couple of issues and thought, eh, it was all right. But there was the uh, Star Trek Doctor Who uh, miniseries, the the team-up thing. I want to see Star Wars versus Star Trek. And that's my five. You wow. can't drop I that can't away. <laughs> <laughs> that's the equivalent of that. No, it's like, yeah, it's like one of those um, rap battles, and you just drop the mic at the end of it and walk okay. away. And just walk away. Uh, see, it's like I want to see that. But I don't. But I don't. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like watching your two grandmothers. Supremacy. <laughs> no, no, it would not satisfy either side, no matter what happened. It would be argued for years. It would be it's middle things where uh, once you let the genie out of the bottle, you could never put it back, too. Well, who, who, who doesn't want to see Chewie rip Data's arms off? Yeah, but, the, but, but, but also to, to have both be equal... Like it would take like Mid East peace talk level negotiations, so that while so that one side really doesn't come out completely over the other, that everybody has their moment. I mean, it was. But you know, every once in a while, 
you know, the, the planets align and all that crap where something like that, that you would think, man, that that's just going to be the, the worst train wreck ever. Somehow they pull it off, you know? So, I mean, it, it, it could happen. They, they could, they could make something that, you know, would actually be, you know, decent, but you know, Kirk I, Manning, I would, the I, turret gun and the millennium Falcon. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love to see it. You know, there's that that great uh, photoshopped picture that's like a sepia tone picture of Kirk with his phaser rifle standing with Chewbacca outside the Millennium Falcon. Imagine that really happening in in a in a comic. I think that would be cool. I, I mean, I don't care how they mash up. I, I just think the idea of all my action figures playing together. I I've always loved that idea. So I think they need the dilute. They need to get. They, they're dilithium crystal cracks, and they have to get the crystal out of Luke's lightsaber. <laughs> Something. Ooh. The universe. Oh. It just happens that those crist- that the Kaber crystal is also made of dilithium. That would be cool. Okay. I got another one. I'm just going to add this before Chris does his really quick. Going with Scott. It better not be one of mine. That's just <laughs> what I got to say, Bailey. Going with Scott's, the $6 million man meets the Incredible Hulk. The Bionic Woman meets Wonder Woman. Ooh. That would be cool. I'd oh, go, oh, I'd get for, oh, especially oh, if they get it oh, on at the end. Or no, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's just a given, isn't it? That could happen. It may happen. Well, she's she's from a she's from a you know an island of uh, nothing but women. I'm gonna you know, do and, some research. Yeah, she's an Amazon. And, and, and Jamie, uh, Jamie's kind of hurt and vulnerable, so you know. Jamie can also make her vi- her finger vibrate at three thousand. Oh Jesus! Uh, so. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to say it. I was just break bricks with her tongue, so you know. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. Exactly. All right. So my top five. Um, I went to I went sort of for the verses mode. So in in as. Since it's versus, you're going to see the Hulk pop up twice. I'm just warning you. Uh, number five I'm is not uh, see the Hulk pop up at all. That would be great. <laughs> and that's what fans? I tell every that's what I tell every date at the beginning of our date. You, the Hulk may pop up at any time, so I'm just warning you. <laughs> Usually, the Hulk pops up twice. Wow, we have we have just gone completely off the reservation at this point. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, baby. Just telling you. Okay. Number five, Rick Grimes versus Ash from, from uh, <laughs> Evil Dead. Oh, Death. wow. Yeah. And that would, again, be a marvel. You know, at first they'd be pitted against each other, but then they'd have, you know, two two good arms between the two of them. It would be <laughs> awesome. Um, the other one is, uh, number four, is uh, the Vigilante versus the Punisher. So the Punisher showed right, up on okay. my two. The Shadow yep. versus the Punisher would the kick ass. I just thought of that. That would be cool. Yeah. Dirty Harry versus the Punisher would be fun. Mm-hmm. Also, I like that one. Mother Teresa versus the Punisher. That would <laughs> Shut be... up. Jesus versus Mother Teresa. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus and Mother Teresa team up against the Punisher. Or how about Mother Teresa and the Punisher team up against Jesus? <laughs> that would be even more interesting. <laughs> I want to and, see Mother Teresa driving the battle van. That's what I want to see. 
Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, so number three. It's the Prince of Peace versus the Queen of Calcutta. Dude, you have got to photoshop. <laughs> you You've got to photoshop a picture of the battle van being driven like by a maniacal-looking Mother <laughs> Teresa, like it's, running over pedestrians. I would. It's the Baron in the Vatican. <laughs> Who's who's the uh, who's the guy who does the let's get ready to rumble uh, yell? <laughs> no, we have to pay. No, dude, he actually copyrighted that. We'd have to pay him like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I know he copyrighted. He... What's that? Isn't he dead? No, I don't Mike's think so. Oh, I, thought I, got, I thought he died. Oh, if you're gonna go through, so for he's old... in the grave right now. Let's get ready to crumble. Oh. If you are going to do like old school, you know, Michael Buffer doing the announcing, you got to get Judge Mills Lane to be the ref so he could go, let's get it on! Right before they start. <laughs> All right, number three Alfred E. Newman versus Sylvester P. Smith. Okay. Who is the mascot for Cracked Magazine? I was about to say I, that. The death with knives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what, like, Warriors level fight scenes. You know, where, like, with Star Trek music. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, the Hulk versus Popeye. Ooh, yeah, I could go for that. Mm-hmm. He's friends with David Banner, but you know they get in, they're playing checkers or something, and and Popeye wins. And it'll have a whole green theme to it, you know, with the green spinach and the Hulk. And number one, wah, 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 Mother Teresa versus the Hulk. I still want to see that. It beat me to it. One of my first <laughs> Photoshop sorry. projects for Two True Freaks, by yeah. the way. I so have I'm, lost I'm the my... only one. Huh? I'm the only one who did a Freaky Five without a religious icon. With <laughs> good, good for you, man. You're good. I feel. Boy. I feel like I got left out. <laughs> no, we don't I, want to lose. We don't want to lose every listener. Somewhere I have misplaced the beautiful, beautiful somebody. God, I want to give the credit, and I cannot remember who did it for me. Somebody did a beautiful Photoshop job. It was uh, Jack P, wasn't it? That's who I was thinking, but I wasn't. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say the wrong person. But yes, yeah, somebody took the old um, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, that that beautiful Neil Adams double. You know, it's the it's the not a gatefold cover. What do you call it? A wraparound cover. That huge image, and they photoshopped it into Batman versus Jesus, and it was great. I mean, it really looked like that's what that picture was supposed to be, and I loved that thing, and I had it as wallpaper on my computer for the longest time, and then I was looking for it recently because I figured, well, it's, it's time to repost this on the internet, and I could not find it. I mean, I, I know that it's not lost. I know I have it backed up somewhere, but I've got, like, 20 billion discs in this house that so God only knows where it is, but I love that thing. Ever since I saw that, I was like, okay, this was a running gag for so long, but now I really want this book to happen, you know? I just love it's it. The, it's the Prince of Peace versus the Dark Knight Detective. <laughs> One has daddy issues because he be, he is the only begotten son. The other saw his daddy killed right in front of him. Who is going to win? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, the odds are You've been so, in too long, so slim that you're going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
what? I, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Given especially the the, the recent scandal that is rock dc comics that they're gonna take the chance <laughs> though it's though in a well really actually right way. now there's oh, no pope oh. so now is it's sort of a free-for-all you know when the pope's it, away you can do a, a live action version with christian bale versus willem dafoe since right. dafoe played christ in the that's, last temptation of christ yes he did so, so christian, uh, you're saying basically that 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 Nobody is guarding the copyright to Jesus right now. <laughs> He's in the public domain. That's right. He's I, in the I, public domain. Who's going to sue us? God? <laughs> well, actually, it, it, I think God hey, would do man, something. That's how, that's how we're going to smoke God out, man. A lawsuit. We're going to make him <laughs> sue us. That was like, that was like back where, right after... The pod- it's like right after 9-11 where they said if you really want to find bin Laden, just tell tell the uh, the uh, student loan people that he has one outstanding. They'll find him in a heartbeat. There'll be 50 yeah, collection agencies calling him up. <laughs> bin Laden. Well, before we move on to the to the, I think that was segment. the most expensive segment that has ever been. <laughs> It wasn't until the end. We just we just brought it. Oh all. no! The, the 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 bionic woman with the vibrating finger. Oh, was kind of pushing. Yeah, it was pushing it, wasn't it? Mm, push it, push it, push it, <laughs> push it real good. Before we uh, go into the final segment, we did have uh, oh, some excellent. What love on Jamie Summers? You what? know that. You know whoever did Jamie Summers surgery put some extra buttons in there for. <laughs> We had Sorry. some uh, submissions on Facebook when I when I threw the topic up there, and I really just posted it up so everybody would know what we'd be covering this time. But we immediately had some really good submissions. So just real quick, going to run down the different ones that we got here. The very first uh, set was uh, from my oldest boy Scotty, and uh, he had some really good ones here. His number five was Dark Side versus Aunt May, <laughs> which I got a kick out of. Uh, number four, Luke Skywalker Shortest versus comic ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Versus the Silver Samurai. Uh, I don't know about that one. Number three, this is one I actually thought of that I thought would be really good. Batman versus Iron Man. I like that idea. I think that could be a lot of fun. Batman would kick Tony Stark's ass. I don't know. I think it, I think it would be a hell of a good battle. I'd, li- I'd like hey, no, to see No, no, I'm not saying it would be a good battle. I'm just saying in the end, Bruce Wayne's winning. Yeah, I think he probably Well, that's because no matter who writes it, Bruce Wayne always wins now. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Uh, number two, he's got the Tick versus Spider-Man. That could be a lot of fun. And number one, the Hulk versus Doomsday. And he says, and Amazo and the Abomination thrown into it. So I think if they did it like the old, uh, you know, the original DC Marvel mashups where, you know, each hero brought with them, you know, a supporting, you know, like the supporting villain or something like that. That could be a lot of fun. And see that Batman versus Iron Man. I was thinking that's where you could get your uh, your Batman versus Doctor Doom as well, Mike. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Batman uh, bring to the table for that, but really quick before we go to the next one, I want to give Scotty a little shout out because he did a really f- cool birthday card for me this year, uh, where he photoshopped he photoshopped Superman feeding me cake, basically. Oh, cool! I don't think I saw that. Was that on Facebook? It's, it's, yeah, it's on my Facebook page, and because I got really busy around the time he posted it, I didn't get to get back to it. 
and I felt really bad about that, but he did a really good job with it. So uh, I want to want to publicly say thank you, and not just on Facebook. As someone I who did. makes fairly disturbing, as who makes fairly fairly to very disturbing Photoshop pictures, there's yeah, there's uh, I saw a little of that going on in there. <laughs> Something about the way your head is positioned, just like a ah, with Superman flying a piece of cake in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> hats off. <laughs> Let's see. From uh, Robert Louis Stubbs Jr., we got uh, Darkseid versus Thanos. And as when I saw that originally, my first thought was, "Wait a minute, we got that." And I, I t- was, I totally got it right. I was thinking of um, of the John Byrne uh, Galactus versus uh, Darkseid. Mm-hmm. So I think Darkseid versus Thanos. I think that's a cool idea. But th- did they fight in those? Uh, Remember the the Marvel versus DC minis? There were like what, like I don't know if they fought or maybe they just met up for they a couple met? of seconds yeah, or I something. I think so. Yeah. Um, number four, he's got Ultron versus the Metal Men, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, number three, he's got the Shadow versus Batman. I don't think they ever fought, but I know they did meet a couple of times back in uh, back in the seventies when DC had the rights to the Shadow. Um, number two, he's got the Guardians versus their own giant-sized egos. He says, spoiler, egos win every time. I'm not sure what that's all about. And number one, he's got Grant, Meta Story, Morrison versus Allen. Insert witty remark here more. Uh, David Riley's got Ant-Man versus the Atom. Guardians of the Galaxy versus the Legion of Superheroes, which is an interesting idea. Aquaman versus the Submariner, which did happen in one of those uh, DC versus Marvel uh, crossovers, and Aquaman owned him. Nightwing versus the Winter Soldier, which I think is a really interesting idea. And his number one was Darth Vader versus Doctor Doom, which I think is pretty cool. And then he had an honorable mention for uh, Dan Slott versus Jeff Johns. Uh, did I say that was David Riley? I can't remember if I threw his name out. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. Uh, Josh Baker had Power Man versus, or excuse me, Power Girl, rather, versus She-Hulk. Uh, Captain Kirk versus Han Solo. Then he's That's got, cool. I like that one. I like that idea. He's got me versus Andy Leyland. And that, pff, hell, is that even a contest? Oh, Andy would kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> He uses Brit Foo on me or something? Come on. Oh, come on. You can't take a British guy. <laughs> he would just take you out to dinner and your your cholesterol levels would go so high that you'd have a heart attack or you know your veins would collapse. <laughs> he would disarm you with his British charm. He would disarm you well, with his bad breath, that. bad breath from his bad British teeth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, number two. Oh, I, I got to distance myself from that. Uh, number two, he's got the Crow versus Spawn. And number one, Cherry Pop-Tart, quote-unquote, versus Fritz the Cat. We all know how that <laughs> turns out. Uh, Andy followed up. He had a really cool comment here. He says, ooh, he says, I like Hulk versus Doomsday, and I do as well. And he says, also, I don't get why I would be versus Scott. He says, I don't think I've ever seriously disagreed with anything he'd said, which is one of the kindest things I've ever seen anybody post on Facebook. By the way, look for (laughs) Hey Kids Comics on Thursday. (laughs) Right. 
Um, let's show see. that never disagrees with Scott Gardner. Gerard Delatour, he's got uh, Oliver Stone versus that alien conspiracy guy. <laughs> Does he mean Mr. Crazy Hair Guy? Is that the guy he's talking uh, it's about? It's gotta be. Johnny Freeberg has Galactus versus Superman. Caleb Gerard has The Watcher and uh, pre-New 52, or I guess it should be versus pre-New 52 Phantom Stranger. And he followed it up with Joss Whedon versus Kevin Smith versus Christopher Nolan. So those some I think those are some really good suggestions there. I like some of these. It was. That's all I got. So I think it is time to get into everybody's favorite part of the show. Get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. Comic. Uh-huh. With extra idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I've been banging my head against the wall extra of this month. Okay. It's really necessary. Well, it's, <laughs> it's those extra things that make the show special. It's I go the extra mile of brain damage for future <laughs> freaks. You people better depreciate that. <laughs> All right. This month for Get Chris to Read a Goddamn Superhero Comic, I read Days of Future Past... From X, which is from X-Men 141 and 142 and is also a Moody Blues album. In this story, we meet old Kitty Pride and Wolverine 30 years in the future when all the mutants are dead or in concentration camps run by the big sentinel robots. They are part of a rebel alliance with Colosso, Magneto, Storm, and a couple other mutants, and they are preparing to pull a Terminator and send Kitty's brain back in time to fix the past so they don't have a crummy present in the future if that makes any sense which it probably doesn't they switch old kitty and young kitty's brains and young kitty tells the x-men that they have to save professor x and senator douchebag from the league of naughty mutants consisting of blue lady blind aunt may chris farley the rock crumbler and the british flamer Meanwhile, the future mutants decide to attack the Sentinels, whose base is now the old house of the Fantastic Four. Since they are not going to be regular characters, we get to see them all get wasted by the Sentinels. Now it's up to future past Kitty Pride. The League of Asshole Mutants attack Senator Goose Step and Professor X while they meet with Congress to talk about mutant rights. The X-Men show up, and then they fight. Guess what? The X-Men win! Future Kitty stops Blind Aunt May from shooting Senator Jack Boots with a crossbow. She goes all woozy, and then regular old Kitty is back. The League of Mutant Dickwads are in custody except for Blue Shapeshifter, who vows revenge by saying, So says I, the Blue Shapeshifter. All is well? Maybe not. Because even though the X-Men saved his life, Senator Muty Hater is still planning on building some new advanced Sentinel robots. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> and that is the Days of Future Past. I had not read that comic in a long time. See, I wondered if you had ever read it. I used to have every single John Byrne X-Men. The, the whole, that whole 
run. It supported me for like a whole summer at that comic shop or that secondhand bookstore in Watertown. So what did you ever do with them? Because I know when I bought your comics, I, I didn't wind up with them. So how the no, hell did that were, happen? I, 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 um, my cross, it's a, it's a long story. My cross used to clean house for his neighbors and Adam Blake, who I actually got to know later on, later down the line. Uh, his Wait, neighbor did you Adam, say Adam Blake? His name was Adam Blake. He was Captain Comet? Captain Comet, yeah. I knew that name yes. sounded familiar. Ca- Captain Comet lived in, in uh, wow, in, right down the road from Scott. And uh, so he had, he had the whole, like, all the, you know, um, he, had them, he had them all, basically, up until that point, and I started buying them. And Mike knew I liked comics and, like, arranged... For, you know, I can't remember if it was a trade or say Adam was more at that point into smoking pot than reading comic books. I think, <laughs> you know, he had no interest in hmm, in reading comic books. Familiar. Yeah, well, I was, you know, luckily I was pre that stage. So I was all into having and that was my first introduction. All I knew was that the Dark Phoenix saga was some sort of really cool thing to read and i'd never really seen much john byrne or anything like that and i just loved them as soon as 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 soon as i had that whole thing but i ended up selling them in that secondhand shop in in watertown remember that sort of little bookstore i made a for it was a little annex of uh of uh book world right but it was upstairs it was in the upstairs part no, and, well, I don't. Maybe we're thinking of two different ones. Because yep, the one I'm yep. thinking of was over there, um, kind of like halfway between Emsalls and uh, and the under or the not the underground. What was the name of that place? The Globe Mini Mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. I was yeah. I was thinking of Book World as being underground, but Book World was the bookstore right. It was on the street level. Yeah, it was and over there by right Rite Aid, and then and then they opened that annex that was like around yeah. the corner off the square. And uh, and it was all used books, and you could sell comics there on commission. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I not only did I get a ton of good books from there, but I made a fortune selling so books I. at that place too. Yeah, I, I, I put all those those X Men up there, and and I would come in and just collect money from the guy. And I remember the guy was just sort of like, I could tell he really loved books, and it just really annoyed him. That there was like a snot nosed high school kid coming in and like getting fifty bucks, you know. That for... the guy that owned the place was a dick, but the right. but the younger guy that actually the ran the 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 second hand place, he was nice. I can't remember what his name was, but he was always really nice to us. And once I got to know him really good, a lot of times he would uh, he'd hold uh, you know some of the better collections and stuff, knowing I would come in because I remember I came in one day. And uh, almost every single issue of World's Finest that I own came from this one lot that somebody had brought in. And you remember back in the early days of bagging comics, they were so big that you could put like 20, 30 of them in one bag. You could just, Mm -hmm. yeah, load it full, yep. And this was like three or four of those. It was like 20, 30 issues in each bag, and then each of of the bricks... Had like I don't know like twenty thirty or I mean he had like four bricks with like twenty to thirty issues in each one. It was a hell of a run of of world's finest. I want to say I paid like maybe ten bucks mm-hmm. 
and got just this massive collection of world's finest. So, yeah, I mean, I got some really good stuff in that place. Man, I haven't thought about that place in years. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I uh, a lot of that stuff that I got at um, that auction you and I went to with my dad yeah. ended up in there. You know, the 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 autograph stuff and and stuff like that. So, but there was no comic shop in in Watertown. There was no comic shop anywhere around until they no. got to Syracuse. You know, yeah, not for so, the longest time. Yeah. So it was that was like the only game in town. Uh, that was the only thing close to where you could get back issues of anything, you know, that were there that you didn't have to mail order from somewhere. So if it was good stuff, it went fast at that place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I, oh my God, I love these. I hadn't read this story in so long and I forgot how good it was. And, and it anticipates a Terminator by yeah. what, like? Three years, something was Terminator eighty two or eighty four. Eighty four, eighty four. Yeah, so one, four years. One of the few times that happened, because so, usually it was Chris Claremont ripping other people. Ripping off, something so. else off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I was trying to figure out if this had been done because it's the first time I saw this particular trope, and I was trying to figure out if it's been done before. But I haven't been able to come up with anything. It maybe not in comics, but I'm sure there's a lot of time travel stories in in science fiction books that covered a lot of the same ideas. But he he covered a lot of good he he covered a lot of stuff that I thought about in it, and he missed a lot of stuff too. But you know, like the, there was one point where they're like, "Well, what if she fixes the future?" And they're like, "Well, it might split into another timeline. We don't know." You know, it might not do anything if if she fixes that, which is something that occurred to me, and I wondered if they were going to consider that. But then again, there was also, when they sent her back in time, they kept doing that thing where they're going, geez, I wonder how she's doing right now. That really shouldn't right yeah. that come into a factor, because instantaneously, as soon as they send her back in time, Whatever, if it's going to have an effect on them, it should be. Inst- it should happen at the moment they send her back in time. You know, there should be like a ripple through time. It's not like real time's expanding, and she's like she's been back in time for a week. Right. You know, I wish. I wish they'd you know do whatever they had to do. So that was a little. That was a little tricky. And and, and doofy. But for the most part, it was a great story. You get to see X Men get. You get to see Wolverine get vaporized down to his smoking skeleton. Well, see, One that of the was coolest scenes ever. Ever, it, yeah. It is. Except, I, I was looking at that and going, "All right, I remember how how cool that seemed back then, and you know, it was it was a big like wow moment of this issue." But where we are with Wolverine today, isn't this pretty much the equivalent of him getting like a skin knee? Yeah, because he he's come <laughs> back from back. that sort of thing before. Yeah. Well, it, when when he came back, the excuse was there was still like one cell left that reproduced yeah. itself, which is just stupid. Or shit. Yeah. So but, so yeah. I, I I prefer to ignore the stupid and just go with this being cool. So, yeah, you would think, okay, maybe if there was one cell that he would come back, but he would be kind of like a vegetable. Like, right, yeah. You know, yeah, he'd be a hollow, exactly, yeah. You would he'd think. just be like a, a flesh-shaped wolverine thing, you know? It's like, yeah, but whatever. I that, I mean, it hadn't devolved or evolved to that point at, at this, so it was like, 
when you say you know you see him get blasted and and you wonder what's going on but at the same time a little earlier it's funny they was it i can't remember if the scene was before it was before it where where the british flamer um grabs onto wolverine with a flame hand and you know burns him pretty and he's like all right my burns are healing so when you see him get fried you think ah it looks pretty bad but you know maybe he's not dead but then you know two panels later you see just his skeleton there and it's like oh no he's dead <laughs> and then you realize oh right that's right the cover said everybody dies <laughs> tis so. but a scratch <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'll call yeah, it a talk draw. about your drama and then there was a weird like um when um when uh what colossus dies is off screen and she's just like I just want to, I want to focus in on him, you know, so he doesn't oh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um but that was intense then. It was just like holy cow, you know, everybody's getting wiped out. And you sort of knew that okay, these guys can get wiped out cuz they're alternate future people and stuff. But that didn't make it any less intense than than it was. And it's beautifully drawn oh, on top of it. Awesome. Mhm. It's, it's some of the, the I think it's some of Burns' best work ever, and and I always liked when they were in that with with Burn and Claremont writing, and they were using the X. You know, it it hadn't got out of hand, but you had the whole like X Men at odds with the government and with with just general real people, and you know whether there was going to be whether people would turn on them or not. You know, I always liked that dynamic, and this is like full of that now is this the same rachel that would eventually come back through time and be mm-hmm. uh, phoenix 2 yes it is okay that's what i thought but i wasn't sure do you notice do you notice in the marvel universe that everybody as they get older gets reed richards and nick fury hair <laughs> that's the way that's the um, way to show that uh, somebody's aged I'm not laughing because I'm in the process of getting that myself right now. So. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I honestly That's only know a handful are, of people man. who have that. Most people get gray more consistently over their whole head. Yeah, right. you know, There are some people who get that. But, but in, in the Marvel Universe, not only does it, do they get gray down low first, they go really? white with a clean line. <laughs> that was you know, TMI. It, uh, we're getting into carpets and, and drapes. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> this month on Carpets and Drapes Monthly Monday. <laughs> in the second issue, in the in 142, page 27, that next to last panel, that's Superman. I mean, it's, it's well, like in, a little in, foreshadowing of, of where Byrne would go. In the first issue, they 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 said did a little Superman nod too because there was some sort you know some sort of action going on. They had the news guy going, "Oh, look, it's you know something's going on. Better tell Lois, you know, get Lois oh, on they? this." Yeah, I got to go back and look at that because he used to now, sneak them in all the time in in his stuff. So that, that might actually supposed you know maybe it's supposedly really them. It's one of those, well, you don't see Lois. They're like, go, you know, go get Lois. And so it's one of those things that it's it, it could go either way, you know. You know, there's no other reason why he would pick the name Lois, you know. Right. For, for a reporter lady. So that was kind of cool. 
and very yeah. John Byrne like. It makes me want to go back and read all through that the whole John Byrne X Men run again. Which is actually what we started doing way back in yeah. Comics Monthly Monday. And yeah, I think we, we did. got did we get what like one issue, two issues? No, we we, we got <laughs> we got I don't know three or four issues I think. Uh, I was looking forward to covering it, and you guys stopped. I know. <laughs> one one of the things that that is bad about this is I'm starting to break one of my rules, and I'm getting excited about the movie. Mm, that's right. Well, given how good First Class was. Mm-hmm. And given how much I enjoyed X2, I mean, this is a lock. This is something... No, I mean, there's no such thing. There is the potential for failure in all things, but Brian Singer coming back, you got the cast of First first Class. I mean, you really want to... And the cast of the, the earlier ones, too. They're having everybody back. I mean, and it's just... Hugh Jackman doesn't even really have to be in it all that much. He just has to, you know, show up for 10, 15 minutes of the film, and I think that would be enough Wolverine. He's just going to get vaporized. That would be awesome. I mean, I just really want to see old Magneto and young Magneto together. I just just think that would be awesome. It's it's interesting that uh, they've cast Peter Dinklage for the movie. Is he Puck? But they're not saying who he's going to play. And the original speculation was that it was going to be Puck. But apparently they've said it isn't, but they still haven't said who it's going to be. And now uh, the the rumor is that it's going to be uh, Bolivar Trask. That would be interesting. I would love to see him as Puck, though. But I just want to mm-hmm. see Puck. Because I mm-hmm. love Puck. Well, he's, he's proven in Game of Thrones that he can play like a real Real, he he could fit in one of these movies. Put it that way. He could win an Oscar. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is. He's he's. I mean, he's basically taken over Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was the first. That was immediately what I focused on because it was just like, holy god, this guy is intense. A, it's a great character. He's got a great character to play, but man, it just does a great job. Yeah. That's his maybe, but I, I just want to say to all of the uh, midgets in our audience that, um, and you know, you, you really should consider having Dink as part of your name. You know, the, you, you really need to change that. You know, because it's, it's not it's not helping your cause. You know what I'm saying? Because I just think of Shrinky Dinks. That's I, I'm sorry. It's just where my mind goes. So. Are you saying you want to shove them in the oven to see if they shrink down? <laughs> so you're saying shrinky, shrinky Dinklage? It sounds. Doesn't that sound like the the syndrome of when you like jump in cold water? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yes. up until uh, up until Game of Thrones, I, did, I had no idea what a quality actor he is because you know up until Game of Thrones, all I knew him as was the angry elf from the movie Elf. Well, he, yeah, he never got a chance to play. Dude, he was awesome as Wicket. You didn't see Return of the Jedi? That was not him. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Scott thinks, <laughs> Scott every, Scott thinks every, there's one midget in the world, man. And the, <laughs> they just... They would, just. I believe that would be Warwick Davis. <laughs> Warwick Davis, Peter Dinklage. What's the difference? <laughs> 30 years okay we have just hit a new low of offending people oh <laughs> a new low hey 
I, I'm, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Good one, Mike. I didn't know you hated midgets, too. All right, join in with us. <laughs> I love it when somebody tries to help and then just gets dragged down along with us. It's a story of my life. I remember, I mean, the last time this happened, two assholes asked me to be part of something called Comics Monday. <laughs> yeah, you really got the short stick on that one. <laughs> oh. I know, because we don't shrink away from any kind of humor. <laughs> Wait, I told you we had to keep this show short. <laughs> You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, 2 True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite 2 True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. 
See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.